0: Well, the thing is I don't know anything about this because like the, like you are like the, Andy's like the master of this shit. Like the only reason I know anything about Bitcoin is like Andy Andy posting about this for years. So I assume you have like all the insights into like the various other coins like Dogecoin. Or- I know
1: I know enough I know enough to mine salt from Bitcoin forums when it crashes and <laughs> screenshot people who just were who like who were like, bros help me out my wife's coming home in a half hour and she doesn't know that (laughs) I put our savings uh, Into ripple and that is not working out. So what should I do you got any quick trades? I can you know any any is there any margin trades I can make like I know that kind of stuff I'm not an expert in Bitcoin. I do know um, But you know the important stuff (laughs) I know the important stuff. I know where to find people who have been gambling a lot and how to screenshot them (laughs) in their (laughs) deepest misery. This is A-Lab Podcast Series, and I sat down tonight to talk with Tark and Michael about a case I've been obsessed with for about a year and a half. It's about an arrogant prick getting destroyed, so it's an extremely satisfying story, and I hope you enjoy it. it's maybe time to tell this story is because we've been doing stuff so far where the plot has been like everything is fucked forever Uh, you're (laughs) caught in the middle of it there's nothing you can do and go fuck yourself and they're all getting away with it Um,
2: and they're all pedophiles (laughs) they're
1: all pedophiles Yeah. and so what I wanted was like a little good news and so the plot of this story the plot of this case and the plot of this episode is like Biggest shithead in the world gets crushed alive. Yeah, just constantly. Just Co- constantly. Completely annihilated, a totally unsympathetic defendant, a complete, like, fantasy of the shittiest person you ever met getting called on every single inch of his bullshit and losing again and again. It's like the worst. So this is a, this is ultimately a story about like the worst client you can possibly have as an attorney. He lies to you, lies to himself, verifiably lies to other people. He lies to the court. He keeps lying when he gets caught. He tries to tell more lies <laughs> to get out of the lies. He steals a from a dead guy torture. who died of MRSA. And he has pissed off half the fucking nerds on the planet who are all watching every filing of this case like a hawk and immediately tearing apart everything this guy posts. Um, Just basically doing free work for uh, the plaintiff's attorneys. It's just, it fucking rocks.
0: Well, it also, it goes a little bit against our mission statement, right? Because the hero of the story in this case is the legal system. The people that are catching him on his bullshit range from judges uh, to, to attorneys, right? So I think we're sort of uh, undermining our, our overall overarching theme here a little bit.
1: Look, sometimes clients are bad too. Yeah. Clients are bastards also.
2: It starts back in around 2008. Um, the defendant, uh, this asshole, um, Craig Wright... Doctor Craig Doctor Craig Wright, Excuse me. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Professor you. Faustus.
1: Prop Faustus on Twitter. Please follow him. Tell him to unblock me, please. Is that his ad? <laughs> yeah. Prof. Faustus. Oh, are you for real? <laughs> yeah. So if
2: he's to be believed, which he's not, but um, <laughs> he helped uh, create Bitcoin. He takes credit for doing it in conjunction with uh, this other guy, uh, Dave Kleiman. Um, and I think one other person who remains unnamed, um, but whether or not he actually invented Bitcoin, which everybody seriously doubts, but is taken for granted in this litigation. Uh, he was clearly mining Bitcoin in 2008, 2009. Um, it seems like in conjunction with this guy, Dave, at some point in 2010, Dave gets into a motorcycle accident, (laughs) gets, uh, MRSA and is in and out of the hospital for, the next three years or so before ultimately dying in 2013, at which point um, Craig steals Dave's holdings of Bitcoin um, and basically could have walked away then, I think, scot-free, and nobody would have been the wiser. Um, But he lives out in Australia. He was... (laughs) Apparently, falsifying his tax records and getting all sorts of tax credits for research and development he wasn't doing, and in an attempt to uh, substantiate those tax credits, he falsified some records related to his work with Dave on Bitcoin, backdating a bunch of contracts and other documents saying, look, I was paid for all this research and development. My tax credits are totally above board. And then eventually, the Australian tax authorities contacted Dave's family. Dave's family but became-
0: I, th- I will quibble with that, because that's oh, important. Yes, he contacted he, the family first. He was worried. He was worried. No, he was thinking this through. He was yeah. worried they were going to contact him. So he contacts Dave's 90-something-year-old father. Right, he does right, it and first. He says, I'm, I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, Dave and I have mined this, you know, these, these Bitcoins and, and I'm going to help you, you know, get get what's yours uh, in this. Yeah, uh, these, and emails, then... these
1: emails to, to Dave's family are covered in flop sweat. Like, he is fresh <laughs> off of lying to the Australian IRS and it's like, fuck, yeah. they are definitely going to call the guy I just said uh, I was in business with and they're going to find out I'm lying, so I better get ahead of this and call his you know still living relatives and like right maybe they can vouch so he tries to get them on his
2: side and is sort of i think moderately successful at first but eventually the Australian tax authorities do get in touch with them uh, the the deceased's brother like realizes this guy's full of shit so what one of the things that comes out is Dave had a, um, a limited liability corporation situated in Florida where Dave lived, uh, the deceased partner, that sort of went defunct after Dave died. And Craig fraudulently reinstituted, reinstitutes it, brings it back to life um, using some false emails, uh, gets this other woman, Uyen, as its director, essentially, and files a lawsuit against it claiming that... Um, You know, they owed him money that they had uh, given him a contract to do a bunch of research and they never paid him and they owed him $56 million, I think, right? Two different sums of $28 million. That's correct. Something like that, yeah. And then uses his own, you know, secretary or whatever Uyen's position was with him to, uh, on behalf of uh, the company, Dave's company, agree that, yeah, they owe him this money and um, not only like consent to the lawsuit and the judgment, but also agree to pay him in the intellectual property in the Bitcoin owned by Dave's company. Thus, sort of um, I don't know what's the word I want to use here, but uh,
1: stealing. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, he loses the place, right? Like yeah. He, he yeah. sets up his own officer, somebody who's a total employee of him. He that person is working at his direction 100%. He's yep. playing both sides of the litigation. He's plaintiff and defendant. And yeah, defendant comes himself. in and says, wow, plaintiff is 100% correct. That's a great <laughs> point. We yes. owe him $56 million and we don't need to talk anything else about it. The judge looks at his docket and goes, well, fuck it. If you agree, I mean, fine. Yeah, send, give him $56 million. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I don't give a
0: shit. To take a step back on the, on the entity itself, right? It's as you said, it's a Florida LLC. Dave is the sole member, or, which is essentially a shareholder for an LLC. Right. Right? Um, there's no question that this was set up to engage at least in some of these mining activities that right. these guys were doing jointly yeah. and that Craig had a role in it. Right? He yeah. was. Well, he, he served W and K, which was their two initials. Right, right. in Kleiman. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Both their last initials. Yeah.
0: But for some reason... The, the only shareholder of that corporation, from a from a pure governance perspective, was only was ever Dave, right? right. So as as you say, at some point after Dave dies, uh, because this guy has some role, he's sometimes a, an agent, he's a director, he's a he's an officer, uh, he's a he's an employee. Uh, he files these litigations against the company and then settles his own litigations uh, on behalf
1: of the company. So if you're not a lawyer, this is generally frowned upon <laughs> to be both parties in litigation <laughs> yes. and making and laundering money. That's that's not good.
2: And it's um, and I mean, he really goes all out. He like changes like the the company's address for property purposes of service to like his own in Australia. His home. Yeah, <laughs> so, so he's able to serve W by literally just you know receiving it himself. So you know, obviously Dave's family. He that, fucking kicks so
1: much ass. God, I love this guy. So
2: ridiculous. They have no idea. Like Dave's estate has no idea that even that he has this company, let alone that it's been a party to this lawsuit and. It's been dispossessed of all of its valuable assets, right? All of its intellectual property, which he agrees to take, you know, as payment in lieu of fifty-six million
1: cash, is, is all of its IP.
0: He secures he secures two judgments, essentially, papering this over on the, on his own behalf.
1: So the the tax authority contacts uh, Dave's relative and says, "Hey man, you you aware this shit going down?" And then he, he looks at all the documents and says, "Wait, this." Something is wrong here. The, the, the contracts here don't look right. They don't correspond with what Craig told me earlier. So he calls Craig and says, what the fuck is this? And so what Craig says is, listen. And he sends him an email saying this. I did this so that way we could affect what Dave wanted. So he admits in the email... Oh yeah no, no I definitely did all this I 100 yeah. percent stole all of this stuff but I did it because that's what <laughs> Dave wanted and once we get this once we get this company up which is again what Dave wanted you're gonna get so much money out of it man yeah it,
2: you're gonna be rolling in it it's you're gonna have your shares it's gonna make millions of dollars it's gonna be great and this goes on for like a good year I think it's uh it starts in April of 2014 right and it's not I think until October. 2015. So over a year that uh, that Craig leads this guy's family on, and in the meantime, the Australian tax authorities like raid his home. And he <laughs> and he flees the country,
0: <laughs> <laughs> moves to, to England. Just that classic move we all do. A little bit of a red flag for the listeners.
1: This is all prior to this litigation. <laughs> exactly.
0: This is like yeah, we haven't even gotten to the
2: litigation yet. And then eventually, it's just like I guess like couldn't even this guy who's like the most shameless liar and obvious fraud. Clearly, say anything. Couldn't even maintain this farce anymore and just stopped
1: replying to, yeah, to just me. new, new wait, phone. Wait, wait. New phone, who this? He <laughs> <to get
0: ready?
1: laughs> fucking ghosted me. He said, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're we'll definitely good on stuff, too. And then I was like, Hey, what's up with that money? And just read. <laughs> red, red, not 12. <laughs>
3: That's
0: what he got. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> just left him on Reed now, now keep in mind the person he left on Reed is the the brother of the dead man whose money he stole
0: this is a technology
2: it's a computing language and I can build an app on it
3: just Bitcoin that. Currency is the
4: future Crypto gang, it's the game, big game, all game, light game,
1: cash game, blockchain, whoa I don't really ever buy stocks, man. Haters wanna say I'm in a bubble, man. chew em up like bubble No. Just made a meal with my pocket chain Wreck about to
4: go and join the huddle gang Huddle gang, huddle gang, huddle gang. Crypto gang, crypto gang, big gang, all gang, light gang, cash gang, blockchain. Whoa, I don't really ever buy stocks, man. No. Haters wanna
1: say I'm in a bubble, man. No. Chick chew em up like bubble gum. No. Just made a meal with my pocket chain. No. Wreck about to go and join the huddle gang. Huddle gang, huddle gang, huddle gang. Ethereum pays for my rent. Bitcoin pays for the rent. Litecoin pays for the jet. Bitcoin cash for the rest. Spent 30 bucks on... Now, I
0: don't... I think... I just, I'm not sure we said this, and I think it needs to be said right now, which is this money this these bitcoin that they have mined at this point is worth something like 25 billion dollars at this point oh yes so so yes so actually (laughs) we gotta clarify
1: clarify some of this back so so just walking a little bit back assuming the story is true that craig is satoshi nakamoto which which he's not which he's not okay so so for listeners who don't know anything about bitcoin uh In 2008, 2009, there's this white paper that comes on the scene, as posted to some cryptography forums, and it announces the creation, this this protocol, this idea of of this this cryptocurrency that we all know as Bitcoin, Uh, and it's authored by what most people believe is a pseudonym of either a one person or or a group of people, and the pseudonym is Satoshi Nakamoto, and no one's ever found anybody named Satoshi Nakamoto who would who would fit the profile here, and no one has ever. They did, self-
0: they did find they did find some some old guy, right? Named that and like bushwhacked him <laughs> in his house, and was like just some <laughs> random old Japanese dude. Right. was like, "What the fuck are <laughs> you talking about?" Right. But the search for this guy has been sort of legendary. right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and so Craig, in in the middle of all this, now again, leaving aside whether it's true or not, has has stepped up and claimed that he was Satoshi Nakamoto. He and Dave and and uh, like Michael was saying. So a third person. Um, but assuming all that's true, whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, they have access to the Bitcoin protocol before anybody else does. Right. right correct. So what they, what they start doing with early, uh, early before anyone is adopting and before it's even disclosed to other people is they're able to mine coins on the blockchain. There's only two ways to get coins. Somebody transfers them to you or you mine them, and you mine them by your computer solving a complex uh, mathematical problem. And if your computer is the first to solve the problem, then you lock down a block, and and a block may contain a certain amount of Bitcoin.
2: Fifty, I think, right? Right. Or, or now it's less. It used to. And it becomes
1: every it. time.
0: Every time you solve one, it becomes progressively harder to mine the next one, right? Right. There's right. a long
1: tail of mining that's meant to go on, where mining is very easy at the beginning. You get a lot for it, and it doesn't take as long. And then uh, as time goes on, the mining of the last bitcoins is meant to take is be you know take longer, be harder. Right. Um, and so it's meant to stretch the process out over a long period of time. And
2: you get fewer Bitcoin per block progressively, so it's That's gone right. from fifty to twenty-five to I think twelve point five or something like
1: that. Right, which doesn't matter, assuming that um, the price is the going value up. of the Bitcoin is going up. Right. So what what this all adds up to is that so whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is or whoever was, uh, they had an opportunity to mine an incredible amount of these coins early on. And back when, when, you know, they were trading for, you know, fractions of a cent. Um, But Mm -hmm. now they're not, right? Like, I mean, they're above 10,000 as we speak. And so if you have 1.2 million of these Bitcoin, you have, you know, 10.2 billion dollars. Right. And right. so that's, that's what's ultimately being alleged here. Now, just a little bit of background on Craig. This guy has alleged, he he's, he's said to the, the larger crypto community and to the world that he is this Satoshi Nakamoto guy. And this gives him an enormous amount of authority. It gives him, now right. a, lot, a lot of people don't take him seriously and stuff, but it's definitely the source of the weight he throws around in the crypto community. Um, that there's a question about whether he's this, uh, whether he's Satoshi Nakamoto.
2: And there's a lot of stupid money in Bitcoin right now and in cryptocurrencies generally, right? Like, there are a lot of people who have heard that it's the future of security and whatever, and it's the solution to every single problem, the blockchain and blah, blah, blah. And there are a lot of consultants and assholes who are making a bunch of money selling bullshit to gullible boomers who don't know better. And so being the guy who invented Bitcoin, I'm sure can get you a lot of VC and a lot of investors and it's a great
0: scam, you know? Well, oh, well, you can't, you can't, you can't go anywhere without being subjected to some dipshit giving you like a, okay, we've got to spend an hour talking to these guys about how blockchain technology might revolutionize our insurance business. Like, I, right. I don't have time for this shit. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> when you figure out what you're going to do with it, which is exactly nothing, let me know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I have at least five people I know from various parts of my life on who, uh, who I'm linked in with. Uh, who are now blockchain experts uh, of some yeah. kind or another? Uh, it, 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 so yeah, to to be to, to credibly be able to claim that you're Satoshi Nakamoto, I'm sure creates a series of other you know transactions that this guy could could get into, right? Right. Yeah.
1: So so the only point I wanted to make with all of this, and the reason I wanted to lay all that background, is that he has incentive, whether he is Satoshi Nakamoto or not. His life kind of depends on him holding. That absolutely. lie with a straight face. And that is going to explain, I think, a lot of what we see uh, in the case as we go through it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the plaintiffs want that, too, right? It's not really in dispute because everybody benefits if it's agreed that this guy was, you know... V- Involved in Bitcoin very early on, has a huge hoard of it, is an expert in it, blah, blah, blah. The
1: the plaintiffs don't want to challenge that at all. He says he's Satoshi Nakamoto. Guess what? We agree because that means that his bank account is huge.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, and that's one of
0: like several places where they just trip him over his own dick. (laughs) (laughs) He's running around saying, yeah, you are absolutely... Nakamoto, yes. uh, we, we agree 100%. The complaint is written, like I was actually surprised because I, I came into this with the understanding that this guy was sort of a little bit of a joke. Uh, what it, what it, you said he's referred to as fake Toshi or something. Fake uh, Toshi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when I when I started reading the complaint, I was like, why... And by the way, this is Boy Schiller, again, making a, its third appearance on the podcast, uh, <laughs> representing, <laughs> representing the place. I read the complaint, like, why are these guys saying... Like, they're just saying that this is Nakamoto and that he invented this stuff. And then I realized... This is strategic right? <laughs> because Absolutely. a lot of a lot of this is going to turn on what he has, where it is, does he have it? Can he access it? And so by continuing to hang him up on his own braggadocio, uh with this one being the first one, it, it he really he really finds himself trapped uh, tighter and tighter over the course of the case.
2: Right. And you know, and if Craig Wright is, you know, one third of Satoshi, then that means Dave Kleiman, their client's dead brother, is also one third of Satoshi, right? And so, you know, they represent the estate of the dead member of like a little group that created Bitcoin, and they want that. That's what they want the courts to think, and that's what they want to be in the record. So, yeah, everybody sort of benefits from it. So that's not really in dispute, although the judge, I think, is skeptical of it because he... (laughs) Uh, made a point. I think it was Reinhardt. There are there two judges. There's a magistrate judge and a district judge who've been involved in this case. I forget which one, but one of them made a point of, like, it's not really in dispute that they're <laughs> Satoshi, so I have to take it, you know, as as given here, but in a way that, that is sort of, like, winking at the reader. Like, we all think this is bullshit.
1: This case is before Judge Bloom in the Southern District of Florida, uh, she kicks it over to a magistrate judge for evidentiary hearings. So the magistrate right. judge is just going to review evidence, make make calls, uh, call balls and strikes, and help administer the discovery process. So that way, a clean record comes before her to make a decision. Um, right. And he says it's clear. It's, he kind of reveals that he's been reading on the side. <laughs> That by opening up his decision with now look the court doesn't make any finding as to whether this guy is Satoshi Nakamoto or not, but we don't have to address it. But but the only reason he would think that it was important to say that is if he understood that it was a controversy, and he sure right. wouldn't understand it from the filings of the parties because the filings of the parties are all, in, are all in agreement. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get into the case. So we have a complaint, and the plaintiff the plaintiff is both the
0: estate of Dave Kleiman, and WK, uh, the, co- the corporation or the LLC that was set up by Kleiman right. and, and likely Craig, uh, which is also kind of a really good fact for these guys, right? Because not only are they representing uh, the estate of, of the guy that Craig ripped off, they're representing Craig's old company that he ripped right. off. Yeah. Right.
2: That's situated, that's like, that's in Florida. Yes. So, Uh, You know, one of the first questions is this Australian national who lives in England, you know, he says they don't have jurisdiction over him, but, you know, at the same time, he's sitting there posing as the agent of, you know, this corporation that's situated in Florida, often Australian courts, and injuring this, stealing from this corporation in Florida, so that's how the court grabs jurisdiction, I think.
1: Yeah, so this is, this is and I, I don't want to pass over this too quickly, because this is a really pivotal moment in the case, because this is the first big fucking lie that Craig tells the court and <laughs> yes. he gets busted yes. on, the door slammed in his face immediately, yes. and this is where he should have come to Jesus and understood he needs to just start walking the straight and narrow, but he fucking does not. So what happens in this is that Uh, Craig files a motion to dismiss his lawyers file a motion to dismiss and he says listen I have no connection to Florida. You cannot sue me on this in Florida So if you're not a lawyer, there's a thing called jurisdiction and it means that why are you able to why is this court able to drag You in if you're like a citizen of Australia or UK and they're able to drag you in and make you stand before them adjudicating a lawsuit against you And, and and what Craig says is look I've never been to fucking Florida. I don't know anybody in Florida. I don't know anything in Florida. I don't have any resources in Florida. I'm nothing to Florida. Nothing. I certainly don't do any business in Florida. No business so. in Florida. They can't show anything. And so then what happens is... Uh, the Boy Schiller lawyers are able to get some documents from the Australian tax office. Now, we don't quite know how they got the documents. Nobody wants to talk about how they got the documents. But it doesn't really fucking matter because what the documents no. say is 100% Craig representing to the Australian tax office that he's a principal of w <laughs> The Florida company he just told the court that he has nothing to do with yeah, he accepted service on their behalf. He's fucking destroyed, right? So now he he is, their agent, yeah. He's wrecked. So He's so cool. Right. So so the complaint gets amended with all of this stuff once they see the motion to dismiss. The complaint gets amended to show all this stuff devastating Craig's factual assertions to the court. And then suddenly there's a new motion to dismiss and it it has dropped out all of that shit about him saying he's not part of WNK. <laughs> And so this is not lost on the plaintiffs who highlight it a number of times. And it makes clear to the court who also notes it in denying the motion to dismiss that it does seem like there was a little bit of possibly untruthful representation made.
2: I've never seen anybody this brazen willing to just lie, right? She is so
1: bold. To to the court. Yeah. It's 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 really fucking bold. And this this then reaches back now the plaintiffs start articulating some of the lies that you were talking about earlier with the uh, with the tax judgments and how he set up the corporation uh, right. in order to you know he had this this fake litigation in Australia where he's playing both sides of the court and they're narrating all of this to show the court that well he sure thought he had a connection with them back then
2: right. And, I mean, a lot of the complaint, and, and I feel like a lot of this this litigation was dedicated to showing that this guy is a total scam artist, essentially. That he's full of shit, and he lies all the time, and you can't trust anything. A strategy that was, so far, I think, has been vindicated.
1: Right? And <laughs>
0: <devastating. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> To a certain effect, yes. So, yeah.
1: so what's, what, one of the things that's just so incredible here is that this guy, to me, Craig... He just really resonates like your classic smart guy liar who uh, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room all the time. And maybe he is sometimes. Maybe he just doesn't realize it or whatever. But he thinks he's always getting away with every little exaggeration, every little lie. And he has no fucking idea that plenty of people around him see right through him. They just don't confront him with it. These guys are always the last to realize that everyone around them realized how fake they were. Uh, And and this is Craig. He's come into this court and thinking he can just pull everything over everyone's eyes because it always works when he's talking to the dullards he surrounds himself with. But now he's in front of people who are severely scrutinizing every statement he makes, every filing he puts forward, every little paper that uh, he pretends is real. And they just fucking destroy him. They belt him into the stratosphere immediately.
2: Right. So an example of that is these documents that are supposedly signed by the deceased Dave Kleiman. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the big old
0: screenshot in the complaint.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the signature is literally just, it's just a font. It's just typed in auto font.
1: Yeah, in the complaint, there's two screenshots right next to each other. It's, One it's is incredible. of the contract, and Dave going, Yeah, you take all the money, and I'll take <laughs> shit in my mouth. <laughs> <and> the <laughs> screenshot next to it is the same exact signature, but it's just Dave Cleveland typed out in auto font, and it looks identical. <laughs> identical. It's
0: it's incredible. Well, it's, and it's also it's also put up next to his driver's license and signature <laughs> right. that is affirmed to be his, right. which looks nothing like the auto font. Structure. Right. And so the auto all.
1: font, in case we didn't state it already, is is a, is a handwriting look-alike kind of font. So it's got a little curly cues. Right. And it looks like someone's dragging a pen across the page, but yeah, it looks nothing like what's on that driver's license. Right,
2: right. And this was this was one of the things that alerted Dave's brother in the first place when he got documents from the Australian Tax Authority. He was like, "That's not my brother's signature." Because it looks and like an eleven-year-old
1: uh, girl writing in her notebook. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> and so this is this is the type of shit this guy pulls. He's like, he's brazen. It's he's awesome. Fucking
1: rocks, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, we were having a little bit of an argument on this. Um, I, I don't know if it's an argument, but
1: yeah, I've, you see dealt, this differently.
0: I've dealt with douchebags, not of this magnitude, but douchebags <laughs> of a similar <laughs> ilk in litigation in the past. And the problem with courts is I think they're sort of slow to adapt to some of this kind of bullshit, because there's always this assumption that you have these lawyers that are going to come in and, you know, make sure that you mostly tell the truth, right? Like, you don't recall stuff, and maybe you drag your feet, and you you hide stuff, and you sort of nip and tuck around the edges, but every now and then, somebody will just come in and start just making shit up, you know? (laughs) And I think it takes, as we see, as we go through, like, just, thousands of pages of filings to kind of finally get to the place where this guy loses it all, right? <laughs> but in the early going, it can really slow you down because I think courts assume that you you put a document in front of them that I don't think they're really... Uh, Preparing for a forensic dive into whether or not you just made the whole thing up. <laughs> <Right?
1: Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, that's true. That's it, true. It, that's, it is. Generally, well, when I mean, you present someone with an email and you say, "Did you send this?" they don't go, "Send what?" Is, this, <laughs> that's, a this PDF, is a, this that's a PDF? That's a PDF. That's PDF, an email. That's <laughs> <not> email. <laughs> this is a piece of paper. That Craig says, "You're giving a piece of
2: paper and calling it an email." <laughs> this is just clearly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not, an email. God, he's fucking brain dead.
0: <laughs> but I think the, other, the, the the flip side, the flip side of that coin is, in this case, and I think in general, the process ultimately does catch you out there, right? Yeah. Like. Eventually, your pants get pulled all the way down. But in the early (laughs) going, this can be really, really effective. Just start typing up fake 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 contracts and signing them. You know, look, I mean, you'll tie, you can
1: tie, you can tie people up for a while. uh, Yeah, I agree. So I've I've been thinking about this since we had this conversation before, and I'm still of two minds about it. One is the story I told earlier about the the liar who's never had anybody. Uh, smart, sit down and scrutinize the bullshit that comes out of their mouth, and so they're totally unprepared for when someone starts fact-checking their their shit, yeah. and they get annoyed. Because smart
2: people avoid them.
1: Right, right. Those people surround themselves with gullible people, or they switch groups, or they just uh, they, they don't notice that um, anyone competent enough to see through their shit has self-selected out of their life, and they just tell themselves right. a story uh, that that involves them getting away with it all the time, and they just think they're a genius. Um, everybody knows you know, your mailman can size you up in two seconds, but like uh, this person is somehow deluding themselves, so so there's that possible story, but the other side of it might be what what you say could be true 100% Tar, and what happened here is that his lies are so fucking bad <laughs> that the court just has no problem parsing them immediately, you know, I mean if you're plaintiff's counsel, you gotta be like I cannot, bl- I mean these are this is like manna from heaven. It's incredible. The blatant lies that are easily hard countered with irrefutable documentary evidence. I mean, you're set.
2: Reading the filings on this is like the legal equivalent of watching like the Harlem Globetrotters like just fucking crush the,
0: the generals, right? It's just like Not even like a, like, a, like a fucking kids team, right? Like I are mean, just like swatting some six-year-old shit out of the, out of the fucking team, like. It's like puppies crossing the interstate. It's extremely brutal. Like these guys are really, I mean, I have to say, these guys are really good. These two two lawyers, um, oh, is it Friedman and Roach? Yeah, the writing is impeccable, Um, but they're also just
1: teeing off on the fattest (laughs) fucking meatball. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's talk more about how stupid this guy is because we really only got through two of his lies, and I don't. I want to make sure that that the listeners understand we're not exaggerating here. We are underselling it, if anything. we have the motion to dismiss and uh, the court denies the motion to dismiss because the court has now seen uh, both in the complaint and in the amended complaint and in the, the motion to dismiss briefing that Craig has lied, has verifiably lied a couple of times already. Um, the right. auto font being the, 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 the key. Font. Yeah, The <laughs> yes. auto font um, I wasn't involved in WK. Right, was I wasn't so involved I in know. WK being proven. The the I don't. When you challenge a court's jurisdiction, by the way, you really better be on top of it because a judge is like programmed to think, yes, I have jurisdiction before every matter before me. Um, they don't necessarily want to dispense with jurisdiction unless it's like some little, you know, completely like insane complaint that isn't making any sense. Um, If it's a real big matter like this with billions of dollars at stake that are, uh, you know, alleged to be looted from a Florida resident, a Florida judge is going to (laughs) think this (laughs) is this is here. This is staying here and we're going to find out what the fuck happened.
2: I can say from personal experience that that, yeah, when when a citizen of the judge's home forum is injured, they generally want to hear the case. Yeah, They, they just they do that's like that's my personal experience having whenever you think chambers. about judges i
1: mean in this case they're gonna be on a crusade like okay well let's find out let's find out exactly what the fuck happened here yeah okay so we got we got a couple of lies in and now the court has given at least a little bit of a fair warning <laughs> guys i i read this stuff at this point they should be backing off um but instead uh it really just starts kicking up into high gear <laughs> <laughs> so, so they lose the motion to dismiss. The so discovery starts, and this is going to start a series of fights between the parties. Um, the uh, at, at one point, Craig is in a deposition, and he won't answer a bunch of questions. And so, one of the things he says is, uh, "Well, I can't answer questions about my wife because uh, the marital privilege." Um, like he won't like identify her. He won't. He won't talk about it at all. He's a wife guy. Right, he's a wife guy. He declines to answer uh, questions about his ex wife uh, because um, Australian law won't allow me. Um, <laughs> right. And then he says, and this is amazing, he declines to answer some questions at a deposition because he cites national security <laughs> right. concerns. That's
2: national security privilege.
1: And then the court eventually ruling on this says, Dr. Wright declined to answer certain questions based on alleged national security concerns. The court deferred ruling on this issue to allow the parties to brief the issue, including providing evidence that the United States government joins in the national security objection. Now, this doesn't go anywhere and eventually ends up in a footnote. But what the footnote says is... Dr. Wright eventually clarified that he meant his personal security. <laughs> so this guy is fucking flailing. He is flailing so hard, and he could not be signaling harder to the court that uh, he is hiding something.
0: Well, if I'm not mistaken, like one of the interesting things, though, was that there, there was this kind of... You know, if you're if you're prone to conspiracy theories, right? Like, he's alleging that you know not only did he create Bitcoin, but he was sort of there when Silk Road got set up, <laughs> yes. and he was working for the Department of Homeland Security, right. doing all this, right? That's right. So, if I'm taking him at face value, essentially, the U.S. government set up Bitcoin uh, so it could sell child porn on Silk Road. He was bankrolling <laughs> <up>, Epstein. <dude. laughs> I mean, it's pretty—it's pretty epic shit. And then, yeah, ultimately, all of a sudden, the the DHS part portion just kind of the the floor falls out on that. Yeah, the US was, United States, States government
1: did not join this national security objection. Strangely, they do <laughs> no, to go ahead and tell them anything.
2: Uh, well, at one point, they list like a number of government contracts they have that have a num that have like significant monetary value attached to them. But then it turns out that they you know made bids but got rejected. Right, like there's just like there's like a series
1: of we representations to contracts. We were nearby a contract that was very valuable.
0: We per- participated in several marginally sensitive. That's requests like when you take a selfie outside,
1: like a really nice car next to it, and then just post that shit on Instagram.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Instagram, though, a lot of this shit comes back to him on his social media shit too, right? Because, um. He's sort of saying, oh, it's extremely inconvenient for me to litigate this case in Florida, and I, you know, like uh, I have all these judgments in Australia and stuff, (laughs) and sort of but he's fled Australia to the UK, which is right. substantially closer to Florida, and he's <laughs> flossing on Instagram about how he's a billionaire that has more money than Uganda, I think it was. Like yeah. he was, oh, was the really quoted. Yeah I, yeah. I have more money than than, than some countries, uh, and is trying to act like it's a hardship for him to pop over to Florida yes. for some deposition. It was such
1: a sick argument for him to say that it was an inconvenient forum in the United States and yeah. that it should be instead be litigated in the place that I have fled. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the country I can never return to lest I be arrested
1: for, for tax evasion that's where it should be <laughs>
2: that's where we should be having this fight absolutely yeah uh, and, and especially amazing, because that wasn't even like a, this court doesn't have jurisdiction argument. This is, for our non-lawyer listeners, a forum non-convenience argument, which says, even if the, the court has jurisdiction, it should decline jurisdiction, because this is a better forum. Okay. It's just so far superior. My The Florida resident plaintiffs should fly out to Australia to sue me in the country that I've fled and we'll never return to. Yeah. That that was that was his argument, which the court was like, nah. That's fucking like, stupid
1: at every step.
2: Yeah, and, and I appreciate that the court went through every step. It, it After, I think, it's a multi-step analysis, and after the first step, it was like, okay, so that's a no, but we'll do the second step, and that's a no, too. And we'll do the third step, and that's also a no.
3: <laughs> just, to,
2: <laughs> just to be clear, all the factors say <laughs> No. <laughs> This is a this is a stupid argument, and we're not going to buy it. Just uh, FYI,
1: if you are a law student and you're thinking about clerking, that's the kind of shit you have to do. Yeah. Is, well, I mean, I feel like either this being... This would be
2: fun. Yeah, being a clerk or being at Boyd Schiller, I feel like this would be great, like, therapeutically if you have, like, anger <laughs> issues, you know? Like, like you get in an argument with your wife or your dad or something, and you go to work and you just, like, fucking take it out on this guy, just, like, unload on, on him, like... I mean, they they totally go to town on this guy.
1: Yeah, at some point, he has lied so many times that now the it, the judges and plaintiff's counsel basically are on the same team. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And that is not what you want as a litigator in the court, this so FYI. So, so, okay, eventually they file another motion. They're try- still trying to get rid of it. And it's motion for judgment on the pleadings, um, which <laughs> procedurally is not that interesting. And I don't want to go too much into it. And they're actually challenging the subject matter jurisdiction of the court, um, which also is not that interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how much to explain here um, to avoid boredom, but essentially what they're what they're challenging is that there is um, – that this Uyen person who was fabricated to be a, a member – uh, of the partnership or of the corporation that uh, held all the coins the one that um, the one that Craig was a member of that he couldn't get away from and the plaintiff he, corporation the plaintiff corporation right, right? Yes. right. So, so what they said was was well there's this Uyen person who's there and uh, th- that person messes up diversity for the case and diversity is one of the ways that for this case to be in federal court uh, there has to be diversity which means that the parties are completely diverse in terms of place of residence otherwise you'd just be right. in a state court um right.
2: if, if everybody's in florida you'd sue florida if everybody's in australia you'd sue in australia or whatever
1: right but, and so but but that that whole thing throws into issue the interesting part of this is that it throws into issue the authenticity of this particular email
0: do you guys know where i'm at do you guys
1: know what i'm talking about this. The the Kleeman cl- 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 email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the heading of this section, and this is like Targo's saying, is just they're just teeing off on this fucking guy. At this point. The heading of this section is. Craig's exhibit A is a forgery he created a year after Dave's death and which he only withdrew in the face of massive public condemnation for submitting fraudulent documents to this court. Let me it's tell you something. So you ever see that at the top of a heading? You don't need to read the rest. You're fucked. This is like the greatest home,
2: runner, home run hitters of our generation playing T-ball. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's so fucking easy to write this, but they do it really well. They fuck. They <laughs> Fucking crush it. And what's what's wonderful about it is that they like cite to Reddit. They cite to Twitter. <laughs> yes. Do- Dr. Drunkenstein Six. Dr. Funkenstein Six. Oh, oh Funkenstein, not Drunkenstein, yeah. Apologies. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's 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 fantastic. So this this is an email that is ostensibly from the deceased climate. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and it is amusingly critical of, of Craig. Oh, that Craig, he's he's so crazy, <laughs> right? And also says, I'm gonna need you to take over this corporation and, and run it to, to this Ouyen person, right? And mm-hmm. the weird thing is, is that somehow, Kleiman, Cl- Cl- the, the deceased, has misspelled his own name in the from. That is a problem, <laughs> isn't sorry, it? Right.
3: It's,
2: so it's not even like, in, yeah, it's like literally in his email settings, according to this. Oh he, like, yeah, this is, so this it means, it. means it's on every email.
1: We, every email. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you open up Outlook and it says, and it says, uh, it says Markle. So, <laughs> yes. it's, it's
0: and it was, this was the one
2: was this the one where the date was done in european style
0: yes. rather than uh-huh. yeah well, I mean, he was like, he was like, oh, you know, I've been unwell and in hospital, you know. Like, I mean, it was just, I mean, you know, I'm trying to imagine, like, sitting there in Australia, going, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta, I really gotta pull pull a miracle out of my ass here, uh, showing I'll that, uh, that all, these, all, all these all these corporate moves. Are I'll, I'll, I'll fake this email, and then you just like fucking misspell the dude's name. This is so, <laughs> so <laughs> fucking I amateur.
1: Mean, I mean, this is what's so amazing is that this guy really gave. A a, a try. (laughs) It's unclear what move, what kind of move he was trying to do, because he blows it so hard. So the there's so many things that are wrong with this email, right? The the metadata on so this is a this is a PDF and not the original email, and the metadata shows that there has been text editing. The metadata shows yes. that the local time zone <laughs> yes. of the computer on which the PDF was created uh, was in Australia. At The uh, the data was created, a year after uh, Dave was dead, it was yes. created. It was edited in Australia, which is where Craig was living, a year after Dave died. Um, and then if you look at other emails disclosed, you find that six minutes before Craig modified <laughs> that PDF, he emailed a draft of the final forgery, the final <laughs> test from himself to himself. <laughs> so you got to imagine the fucking eyes popping out of the attorney as they, as they hit this next document and then this shit pops up. <laughs> and,
2: and he also to give it to like the imprimitor of authenticity like signed it with some stupid fancy computer signature encryption, right? Which was like this Huge
1: Which also told on him. Just a PGP signature. It's a a pretty good privacy signature.
2: Yeah. Right. But included in this huge string of numbers and letters is the date. And the date, again, is a year after this guy died. So the the signature that's supposed to authenticate this instead fucking outs him as like a blatant and sloppy forger of, of
1: documents. And this is another reason that this guy is one of the worst fucking clients you could possibly ever have. Because he has, somehow, due to his arrogance and probably lying about being Satoshi Nakamoto, he has pissed off a dedicated, angry community of fucking (laughs) Reddit nerds. And they are watching everything like a hawk. And when this email gets posted, somebody fucking eyeballs this shit and they're like, you know, it takes them, you know, ten minutes and they're like, wait, yeah, yeah, that signature wasn't created... You know, because with PGP there are, <laughs> there are dedicated key servers, like centralized key servers, and you can tell from the signature when it was created. And so that signature wasn't created in two thousand fourteen, and Dave had been dead for a year, so he probably didn't sign and message with a PGP yep. key that wasn't created until after he was fucking dead. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, and so yeah, this is where Reddit and and Twitter come in in the in the brief, and it's it's glorious because they're fucking right. They nail him. They absolutely get
0: him.
1: So I don't I I've, I've lost track of how many lies, but it's a lot so far. It's the you
0: attacked gamers copy pasta, <laughs> but when you actually really piss off some dedicated freaks with the, with a lot of time on their hands, you know what they're doing. Right? We we've gone th-
2: we've gone through a lot of lies, but I, we still haven't hit the best one.
1: I'm not uh, even sure which one you're talking about, but let me know when we get there. Let me know when we get there. So, so that, that's another lie. And so now, now just keep in mind, this is in the, the plainest memorandum in opposition to the motion for judgment on the pleadings. Remember, that's where we're at. Now, I think right. I may have screwed up and not sent you guys the opinion for that motion for judgment on the pleadings. I'm so. I, I, yeah. I didn't see that. So I'm just but... gonna read a little section from it because okay. uh, all you need to know about where this is going is that on page four, okay, uh, of <laughs> a 12-page document. So pretty early. Once we hit discussion, after we're done talking about what legal standards are gonna apply, in his motion, defendant argues that both when uh, that's that's Uy that we've been talking about and uh, this other company were members of W and K and that their membership would destroy diversity in this action. Then, for the first time in his reply, the defendant argues that his ex-wife, Lynn Wright, was also a member of WNK Now, let me tell you something. Anytime you see, for the first time in, in his reply, uh, you're about to get fucked. The judge is about to, is about to hit you in the head with a bat. But check this out. So here's the next text. Quote, bold italics oh what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive Sir Walter Scott Yeah, when judges start quoting poetry and shit yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. That's so exactly fucked. what I was going to say. Because they, they're just getting so excited. Yeah, you know? exactly. like, their fucking lives are so fucking boring. Exactly. And the, the best thing they're going to do is pull out some Shakespeare quote on
1: some dipshit. Once that happens. <laughs> and you're that dipshit. You're fucking duck. One of the best things my friend ever told me uh, in law school, one of the best shortcuts, was... Uh, as soon excuse, you don't have to read any homework assignment opinion that starts with "On September 11th, 2001," and it was such a great shortcut. And he was completely right. And this is another shortcut. Once you hit this, you don't have to read the rest of the opinion because you yeah. lost. You lost. You lost. 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 And you lost real bad.
2: Really, really, he's fucked. <laughs> he is totally fucked. Once the judge started with this fruity shit, it's a wrap. <laughs> and that was, that's not even the first opinion that's done that. There's also the dead men tell no tales. Oh, no, that, that actually comes
1: later. That comes much later. Apo- apologies.
0: That's apologies. the one that kicked
1: off us uh, starting on here, but... This okay. is, I mean, this is all him just trying to wriggle out without discovery in a trial. Right? Oh, sorry. Actually, it doesn't come that much later. So this opinion, this that motion had been pending for a while, but this, this opinion I just read uh, came out on the 15th of August. So now he's not getting out of this lawsuit and what that means is now he's lost all of his upfront dispositive motions he's not getting out of discovery he's not getting out of at least summary judgment but maybe trial just just to sort of take the take the lens out
0: a minute right so essentially the estate and the corporation sue this dipshit he has made two efforts to get out of the case on an extremely preliminary basis because what happens is you file a complaint yeah, then you find the, the, the defendant files an answer. Uh, you can move to dismiss because the pleadings themselves are deficient or you can move to dismiss because there's no possible way uh, that you can win on those pleadings. Right. So that's right. both the motion to dismiss and then the motion for judgment on the pleadings. So once right. you're through that, then you get into the really Boring, shitty part of litigation, which is exchanging documents and taking depositions, and all of that will ultimately lead to, as Andy mentioned, a motion for summary judgment, which is after all the evidence is in, you show that there's no possible way that this guy could win or not. And assuming that doesn't happen, then there's a trial.
1: Oh my God, you think that's the boring part? Yeah. <laughs> holy shit man I fucking love discovery. I hate all the little the little nitpicky shit you got to file, but I love depositions, man. That is where you Well, win depositions fine. That
0: that, that that those are those are fine. That's where you win the case. Well, that's also where you make your money as the law firm, right? I mean, like yeah. the, the, that's where you start billing crazy hours right. reviewing documents and everything else. Hmm. So so now they're in discovery. And one of the things you want to know when you're fighting over anywhere between 30 and 10 billion dollars is where's the money and how much is there right? right right so they're uh trying to get out of this guy where are these bitcoins how can you account for them and where are they being held and and that's sort of like
2: I mean, that's one of the appeals of Bitcoin, right? Is that everything's super traceable, and there's like a, it's very, <laughs> there's like a, there's like a, a public accounting where you can just like give like a series of numbers of wallets or transactions or something, and the plaintiff could, in theory track back the whole history of every single bitcoin this guy has ever owned
1: the simplest the simplest definition of bitcoin that you always see is that it's a ledger right it's like a it's like a it's like an excel document with a record of everything
2: in all trouble yeah inalterable unfalsifiable unhackable. Collectively
1: distributed amongst all of these people so you will never get every copy. No order issues of it trust achieve. whatsoever. It's all right, right there. A
2: database covering every transaction involved in every Bitcoin ever. That,
1: might we add, Craig has been bragging about the features of and having invented for like a decade now. So so the places are like...
2: Tell us about your Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> we understand. Showing... I understand that it's uniquely traceable. Reading from your own comments,
2: <laughs> we would like we'd like to know how many Bitcoin you and W and K, this entity that belongs to us as like you know, my brother's his estate. Yeah, his estate. Yeah, that this this belongs to me, and I'd like to know about it.
0: You know who else would like to know about it, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Craig has no fucking idea. Either. That's, a, that's
1: an interesting question. Yes. Yes, yeah, so, so shortcut to his answer when he gets in when he gets asked all this stuff is I have no fucking idea. What do you mean you have no idea? I don't I don't I don't track them You don't know what coins you have or where nope. Nah man. I, that's a lot. That's a lot of work.
2: I don't even know if it's possible. Yep. No idea, but <laughs> and, and then he goes into this series. Of absurd, absurd <laughs> statements. <laughs> there's just like there's no quantifying which is the which is the craziest. There's the like ones where it's like, well, Bitcoin was used for. I don't know if you know this, but it was used for some very sketchy things like just sex trafficking and drugs. So I don't want anything to do with my twenty billion, ten billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. I actually, that's why I hired Dave Kleiman was to disassociate me entirely from Bitcoin. As the creator of Bitcoin, I want nothing left to do with it or my monetary holdings.
1: Wait, okay, so I wanna do, I wanna do a little procedural teeing up here. So, so we're into discovery, uh, they deposed uh, Dr. Wright, and Dr. Wright, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, he's uh, what we might call evasive in the deposition, and he just starts national <laughs> Can, I, can security. I just, can I just, what? what, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's also sort of in
0: dispute that he's a doctor. <laughs> there's some question as to whether or not all these degrees he claims he has are. Act- I mean, there's 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 stuff in there like he.
1: Uh, anyway, go mm-hmm. ahead. But yeah, okay, okay. A- a stand- uh, allegedly, doctor. Let's call him Craig. Let's call Craig, him Craig. Craig. The council is nice to, but we don't have to be. Uh, so so he is again a little evasive. <laughs> uh, uh, so he doesn't... He won't answer any questions. They get into fights over it. And sometimes when you're in a deposition, you can't resolve it at the table. You go and call the judge. And that's, and that's I think, what they do. And the judge says, well, look, I'm going to defer on ruling on any of this stuff. You're going to have to present briefing to me. Yeah, yeah. So they, they say, well, write some papers. And the whole reason they say that most of the time is, listen, just fucking figure it out yourself. Because judges hate back. discovery fights. They fucking hate them. And if you... Yeah are bringing a discovery fight to a judge. Nine times out of ten, the judge just gets mad at both of you because they're like, why can't you just work together? What the fuck is wrong with you two? This is easy. You just disclose the stuff they asked you, answer the question straight that you were asked, and then we can talk about what the facts are. They don't want to hear the shit, and they're kind of right. Um, And generally, they get mad at both of you because you're both being petty or or because they're being lazy. But if the court not if, both. if the court ever <laughs> figures out that it's one party that's being shitty and and not the other party, you are fucking dead because they hate talking about this shit. So what happens here is I honestly have not seen this before. I'm not the most experienced attorney, but I have not seen this before, where the judge eventually presides over the rest of the deposition. The deposition before the court. I litigated for ten
0: years.
1: We, ne- I've never seen. Never fucking yeah. I've, 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 I've never heard of it. I've them, heard it yeah. threatened. They take, I've the, heard threatened, threatened. They take I've the rest of the deposition. To try to
0: get it. But but I've never seen it again. court,
1: it. and it's so fucking. I mean, so, so 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 that's so when when Michael's saying he's giving these absurd responses. We are we are talking about a transcript. Uh, of this deposition that takes place in the court. And because it takes place in the court, we might not normally have access to the complete deposition transcript, but here, because this took place <laughs> yes. in the court, we have it, and it rocks. Okay, so you were saying that he said something insane in terms of he's not interested in finding where his Bitcoin is.
2: Right, he doesn't, he doesn't want to know where his 10 to $20 billion worth of Bitcoin is, because it's really dirty, yeah. dirty money. Some people
1: did heroin.
0: No, but I mean this is this is I mean this is fucking incredible, right? Yeah, in the literal sense. All of all of his, you know, like it's that it's that it's that tweet about you know, like love to see old Donald Trump wriggle out of this jam, you know. (laughs) Like he's he's all of his wriggling has come to naught, right? And he's just in the fucking. Box. and they're like, just tell us where the Bitcoin are. And he's just making shit up. Like, I put it in a trust and yes, then we this is the best lock why. the trust up with uh, keys that are encrypted <laughs> and I have only portions of the keys and the trust. And uh, I'm going to shock you when I say that the trust is fake, right? Like <laughs> he has all these trust documents that were obvious backdated forgeries as well, Complete right? forgeries, so, right. so,
4: easily so, yeah, and
3: instantly
2: so, detected by everyone. So he first he says he puts the Bitcoin in a trust, right? Yeah. Tulip trust. Then later on, as,
4: That's as, right.
2: as the judge rightfully. Sort of infers like since Bitcoin is perfectly transparent, and it can track. How could the history, you put it in a trust yeah. without a record of it being in the blockchain? Like if you put it in a trust,
1: it would be right there. Where's the transfer? The you admit so. So so one of the one of the right. one of the, the the fundamental facts here, and one of the things that people say proves that Craig Wright can't be Satoshi, is that all the all these initial blocks, a ton of the initial like few million blocks have never moved. They've never been spent. They've never transferred from one wallet to another. And so what what a lot of people think is that Satoshi, yeah, he mined a bunch of coins and he fucking died and never gave his keys to anybody else. And so those coins are never going to move.
2: Right. And so when we talk about keys, to be clear, there's like a, you hold your Bitcoins in what's called a wallet. And the wallet has like a public address that everybody can sort of know and see. And then there's like a private key that lets you transfer bitcoins in and out of it. And so access to that key is what lets you use the bitcoin as uh, a currency or a commodity of value that you can trade. And so after this guy realizes that he's fucked if he says that there're bitcoin in this trust because there's going to be no record of the bitcoin <laughs> being in this trust. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he's like, "No, actually the keys are in the trust." And Here's the thing, though. There's various levels of encryption, and I've split up the algorithm or the key to accessing this, and it requires eight of 15 slices, and I only have seven of 15 slices, and... I'm so sorry I, I don't know Andy if you he's want to describe laughing because this because there's
1: no way to say this with a fucking straight face it's except if you're Craig talking to a judge in a court he says literally in a court of law he's telling the judge so so, no. listen have you ever seen Back to the Future 3 <laughs> when <laughs> Mario McFly goes back to the future and uh, from the 1800s, and then there's like a guy waiting there, and he's like, I've been waiting. We- we've been wondering what this is. Uh, we were given a package 120 years ago, uh, and we were supposed to meet somebody on this spot, on this date, uh, in order to uh, and give it over to you. We have no idea what's in it. So he literally said that this is the yes. plan.
2: That a bonded courier. A
1: bonded courier with the yeah. keys to or with the addresses or whatever with the eight, with the mysterious eighth slice to the key. Right, right? that's right. To the encryption
2: yeah. that will unlock the <laughs> alphanumeric keys to the Bitcoin. Ten billion that's fucking dollars. Ten billion dollars worth of Bitcoin is with some bonded courier. It's gonna show God, up at its sometime. Point yeah.
0: And he
2: so, sometime a, in January twenty twenty.
0: So, so yeah, he's he's trying to sell this line to the judge, and what his overall point, which Michael started to say, was that I've really sort of forgotten about this shit. <laughs> you know, I, I made thirty to ten to thirty billion dollars in Bitcoin, <laughs> and I started feeling real bad about it. <laughs> you know, to start away things. on my fucking conscience. I, I, we're not making this up. And so <laughs> it's I, I it's put in this, this trust. Testifies. And if I never get it back, I don't really care. Yeah. And thing. if I do get it back, I'm giving it to the children. Wasn't that Andrew Carnegie shit?
4: That Andrew Carnegie shit.
2: Um, uh, if the bonded courier shows up, great charity. Good if luck. Not, uh, c-
0: congratulations, poor people, because I'm giving it all away.
2: But uh, if not, that's okay because Bitcoin is gross. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. re- I'm gonna
1: read this. Gonna read I this. do
2: not condone it. It's nasty. Okay, like Jeremy Renner on his
0: app. <laughs> just <laughs> disclaiming. Shut it down <laughs>
1: entirely. I do not I want to be associated with anything like this anymore. Okay, I'm. Gonna, I gotta read this. I, I just have to. I'm gonna testify, you guys ready? Dr. Wright, sitting here today, you do not have a list of the public addresses that identify the Bitcoin mine during the relevant time period, is that correct? That is correct. Question, does that concern you? Answer, no. (laughs) 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 Question, (laughs) why not? Answer, there are two reasons. I don't care if I get that Bitcoin. And if I do, the reason I set up the trust which I discussed with my wife is one, i'm wesleyan which is the same as andrew carnegie which is you earn as much as you can and you spend as much as you can and i see the only way that i can save my soul is i make this worth as much as i can and every one of these coins goes to an educational fund we already talked about that those bitcoin won't be there out of my control they're put into my wife and family's control not mine where we discussed when and if we get control and it's still an if if every one of them will go to funding educational charities for the poorest one billion people on Earth, can
0: you fucking imagine? <laughs> the, the question I have on this one. Man. The question I have on like you should never, ever, ever put your guy on a stand because again this isn't just a deposition this is in a court as you <laughs> said, supervised at <laughs> the judge prison and not know what they're going to say I
1: mean, there's no way <laughs> so this, this implies, just
0: implies they that the, the fucking the lawyer for this for this fucking moron <laughs> let him go up there and try to tell a federal judge <laughs> and a room full of fucking you know reasonably well educated lawyers including some sharks on the boys side that he didn't give a flying fuck about what happened to that $30 billion because he it was it was tainted with child porn and guns and all that Silk Road shit. And the only way to save his soul was that if for some reason it ever landed back in his lap, he was gonna give it to the poorest one billion people
3: on earth.
1: Oh my tears. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> He practices this shit in the mirror. <laughs> he, he fucking slammed up. <laughs> uh, I
0: this know. Guy. I know. Like uh, this is a thing. Uh, this is a thing. Like I've said this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've said, I've said this a lot over the years, which is like the fuck, the worst thing that ever happened to the legal profession were like legal dramas and shit, you know, because everybody thinks like, you're going to go in and you're going to give a big speech and everybody's going to stand up and slow clap and you're going to win and get a big foam <laughs> novelty check at the end of it. And every time somebody comes in there and thinks they've got this thing in the bag like this,
1: uh, it never goes well. That is what happened here. He watched too much television.
0: He was trying to give some stirring speech about what a fucking hero he was. I wonder if and we could
1: piece together what was on the hotel TV the night before the deposition by reading through it. It's like Back to the Future, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Allen McBeal reruns, fucking, fucking
2: re- Law and Order. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The dead man's bonded courier is due to show up with the slice, the missing slice, in 2021 or whatever.
1: So, spoiler alert: that that particular denial is basically what cans it because the that that will make it into the judge's eventual ruling on whether he finds uh, Craig credible. Yes. Uh, which yeah. he doesn't at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> at all. No.
2: Absolutely not. Um,
1: later, when later when Craig is describing in this hearing. Uh, so he's he's saying, um, I was very concerned. I really did want to find these public addresses, which I already dismissively said don't exist. But I really did try really hard. I had <laughs> I pulled my staff off of very important projects, and I had them work on this. Uh, you know, twenty four. government contracts, I'm sure. And and the que- and so he's asked, he's asked, well, why and why did you do that? Now this is by his own attorney. His own attorney has asked him, why did you do that? So that proves to me that this is a planned question and answer, right? Because he's like, go ahead, go off, go off, explain it to him. And Craig says, here's why. Law is incredibly important to me. I'm doing a doctorate in law at the moment. I have a master's in law. The only people
0: I respect more than the poorest one billion people on earth are judges. (laughs) It is so so important to me that everything I do be completely and 100% legal. I cannot tell you how important
1: the law is to me. And so it just goes on like this. Like, you know, have you ever talked with your family about what's going to happen if those key fragments don't show up and you can't access the coins? Yep. Are they concerned? Nope. No. Why not? Not at all. Well, for one thing, we think it's too much money. (laughs) For another,
0: for another... <laughs> Here's an idea. Give half of it to the dead guy you'd
1: stole it from then. <laughs> <Yeah. if it's, laughs> and for another thing, we worry what that amount of money would do to the kids. You know, you gotta watch out for that. It's So the, the court correctly doesn't find any of this shit credible at all. And he gets fucking no. decimated. I don't know if you guys want to go any other, over any other parts of that, but eventually, the court responds to all of this testimony and says, look, I don't find this guy credible at all he first of all there's a ton of forged documents and before we ever got to this evidentiary hearing there was a lot of bad bad faith representation and clear attempts to defraud the court but i also find that he perjured himself in front of me like a dozen times and and i'm barely withholding uh sending up a criminal a criminal contempt charge to the judge well he threatened to lock him up during his testimony. I don't oh, know if yeah, he'll right.
0: <laughs> At some point they're yeah. confronting him with that he threw the fake email documents. And yeah. they're saying do you see here where you fake the email? And he's saying, That's not an email, it's a it's a piece of paper. All right? And, <laughs> and he's like, in fact, you're trying to trick me by trying to t- convince me that a piece of paper is an email and you're the perjury. You know, you're the perjury, counsel. And then he like threw the the email at the lawyer or uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Not not good. Like not no, a good at all. I have- so So, so, but the context in which he gets fucked, Andy. Right? Like, normally, you do this discovery, you get all the discovery together, and you either move for summary judgment or you go to trial, right? These guys move for sanctions against him. (laughs) Now, sanctions is some shit you always say, but you don't really do unless, like, because usually it's where somebody has really, you know, crossed an ethical line. It's usually often brought against opposing counsel because counsel is fucking with you somehow or something. So I've threatened to file sanctions motions against people. I've, I've sent letters to judges saying this is sanctionable conduct, but I don't think I've ever actually filed a sanctions motion. I mean, have, have you guys ever? I mean, I've
1: responded to them. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some very unfortunate circumstances where uh, my 100% innocent clients have uh, embroiled themselves in some conduct that may... Have resulted in the deletion of significant quantities of evidence. But it's not a normal part
0: of litigation. It's, no, it's, unless it's, your client no.
1: deletes a lot of evidence, spoliation motions are are common enough. But the rest of it, no. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, like to
0: get to get yourself at a point where you're at, in a sanctions motion is pretty. Is you're doing pretty. That's a pretty awesome thing to be doing already, right? <laughs> um, now, when you get <laughs> like when you get faced with a sanctions motion, like sometimes they'll strike some evidence, or you know maybe they'll find the lawyer, or they'll make you pay the fees associated with the sanction motion, and force you to uh, disgorge the, the, the documents you've been th- withholding or something. Um, the judge has a lot of discretion in a sanctions motion. In this case, the judge. Basically <laughs> awarded a sanction of you lose the entire case. <laughs>
1: Am I reading this correctly? I mean yeah, he fucking goes off on him. So the the Rule thirty seven B does give you like once you find bad faith, once you make a finding of bad faith, rule thirty seven B gives you access it, it, it Give gives yes. you access to the big sanctions. It used to be yes. that the sanctions were all in one place. <laughs> yes. um, and then, you know, circuits and all these different courts had different standards on, like, well, look, we got to have, you know, at least a little bit of a barrier between the real deal sanctions and, like, the attorney fee sanctions. Um, but here, uh, for Rule 37B, now it's like once you find bad faith conduct, you can really start going off. And, and, and the things you can do are, like, default judgment or you can do... Uh, Adverse inferences or and so that's what happens here is that uh, there's an adverse inference against yes. uh, Against them and it's for all the major facts
0: based on the fact that he's, he essentially says he came in and just said things that were patently Incredible, right? Like he says that anyone would have this amount of money and not care is absurd uh, and that His explanations about, you know, wanting to give it away to the poor were preposterous. And the idea that the tainting uh, of the money by the drug dealers and Silk Road was, uh, you know, just desperate lies to save himself, right?
2: Right. Boom. Adverse inferences typically, like Andy was saying earlier... Um, with sanctions have to do with spoliation or destruction of evidence, which is when somebody in po- possession of evidence does something to hide it or destroy it, the court tends to say, Well, we don't know what was involved with that, but our inference is that it was bad for you. That Otherwise, piece, that you would have just. That piece of evidence you would just produced it instead of throwing it in the fucking trash or burning it or deleting it or whatever and so here there's a very similar sort of thought process which is like if you're fucking lying constantly and providing forgeries constantly the truth that you're covering up with these lies and forgeries is very bad for you. And so I'm gonna infer that it was bad for you, and I'm gonna to have to conclude, you know, a lot of what the plaintiffs are saying, which is that they're you know, you stole four three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand bitcoin from him, worth billions of dollars. Yeah, look,
1: you were provided with an opportunity to provide evidence mm-hmm. about this. You were asked straight questions by counsel, by the court, by by yep. written discovery to say what the fuck happened here, and all you gave us right. was obfuscation in the hearing he is dismissive. He his yeah. testimony is more obscuring than it is clarifying. He literally throws papers in the air at one point because <laughs> yes. an email is a PDF. and uh, yes. So the guy has, has been given every opportunity. And What the judge says is, what the, what the fuck do you want me to do with all this? If you're going to lie to me a hundred times and not answer any straight questions, it's clear your, your story makes no sense. Okay, I'm just going to find whatever it looks like you're trying to hide. I'm just going to find against you because that's probably the fact.
2: Right. Right. And so that's what happens here. But that's a big deal because he finds that 50 percent of this guy's Bitcoin holdings belong to the plaintiffs, David Klyman's living relatives, which, according to the plaintiff himself and everybody else, is between one and one point three million Bitcoin, which is worth four plus billion dollars that he's found actually belongs to the plaintiffs. So that's a massive,
0: massive ruling.
1: That's a huge sum to transfer on an adverse inference.
0: Well, I mean, as you, as you say, normally an adverse inference goes to a specific piece of evidence, a specific fact, and you know, an overall you know, large tapestry of facts at issue in a major litigation, right? In, in this case, the adverse inference is everything you said is a bunch of bullshit, and you lose. Right? I'm going to infer that you just fucking lose. Because <laughs> you've been lying through your teeth for
2: 18 months, and I'm fucking tired of it. But here's and the thing, of, though. Where's, the gist of it. Where is he
1: wrong? Like, not one thing he says in here is wrong. And remember that Judge Bloom, in her, uh, motion, in her opinion on the motion for judgment on the pleadings, has already said, uh... What a, what a tangled web we weave when when first we practiced to deceive. She called him a liar, so she's not going to be real surprised to get this back from the magistrate yes. judge. She goes, "This guy fucking lied to me for three hours straight, right in my face."
0: There's a there's a really. I mean, yes. you talk about shit you don't want to read in the paper. <laughs> in this in this decision, like the the part where I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I, like I was like getting like sympathy pangs. I know where team, you're going, which is. <laughs> what he called him the latter-day Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, whose creation turned to evil when hijacked by drug dealers, human traffickers, and other criminals. To save himself, he engaged Dr. David Klyman to remove all traces of his involvement with Bitcoin from the public record. As his efforts to disassociate himself from Bitcoin so that I wouldn't be in trouble, quote-unquote, he put all his Bitcoin and or the keys to it. His story changed. Uh, into a computer file and then put that encrypted file into a blind quote-unquote trust parenthetical of which he is one of the trustees <laughs> and <laughs> away a controlling number of key shares and now deceased uh, David Kleinman therefore cannot decrypt the files and access this. His only hope is that a bonded courier <laughs> arrives on an unknown date <laughs> in January 2020 with the description <laughs> case. If the courier does not appear, Dr. Wright has lost his ability to access billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. And he does not care.
1: Inconceivable. (laughs) Inconceivable. (laughs) Just annihilated. (laughs) You know you're fucked when he starts at the top, he says, consider his claims.
2: And ends with a one word sentence of inconceivable.
0: (laughs) Like, like, that's the shit when you get owned by a magistrate judge writing down verbatim what your story is, with just only the slightest kind of, you know, snark to it, and then just at the end of, like, essentially writing down your entire story, one word sentence, inconceivable,
1: you're done. One of of the things that rocks here is that, like, I mean, the the thing that I love the most about following the crypto community is watching arrogant shitheads get completely destroyed. But in a completely different context, somehow, Craig Wright has reproduced the entire structure of that hilarious thing in this lawsuit. He's got himself, maybe (laughs) as the creator of Bitcoin, has drawn himself to actually get murdered by his own Frankenstein monster.
0: It's 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 really cool. There's there's a there's an axiom that I think usually applies. I don't know if it, it may have diminishing utility over time, but which is pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered, right? <laughs> Like this guy is the one case in a million of all these fucking chumps that you're talking about, you know, who made billions of dollars in this. And all he had to do as Michael said at the top of this was not try to fuck with the Canadian, the Australian tax authorities for a couple million dollars <laughs> in abatements yes. and tax credits and or just give 15 million of the 30 uh, 15 billion of the 30 billion that you made to the dead guy that you made it with and move on with 15 billion dollars and he'd be fine. <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah. That's. I think that's that's worth emphasizing. This guy could have paid his taxes appropriately, and given half the 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 worth of W and K to Kleiman's estate, and still be worth. Billions upon billions of dollars, more money than he could ever possibly spend.
1: Well, wait, wait. So let's talk about the other possible universe that we're in, which is where, and this is incredible. If he's not (laughs) Satoshi Nakamoto and he never had any of this Bitcoin, and there is plenty of evidence, to it's beyond the scope of this podcast, but there's lots of evidence to suggest that this has been a bluff from day one then he has just got himself into a situation where he has repeatedly lied to a court. The court has found that he now owes 400,000 Bitcoin to a guy that he doesn't <laughs> fucking have. <laughs> he ain't gonna <laughs> <the> fucking have. <laughs> and so his giant big lie has eventually... Called a predator into the fucking nest Right he's been up there singing real sweetly And now guess what motherfucker You're not alone up here And these two boy shiller (laughs) attorneys came in here And they are gonna eat you And that's and
2: one of the interesting things Is that it's like obviously his business Would fold and he would be Disgraced if it turned out he was not Satoshi and he didn't have any Or very few bitcoin Um not the expert that he That he maintained But at least he wouldn't owe these people billions of dollars. Yeah, let's face it. That's <laughs> the positive
1: outcome at this point. That's what, <laughs> yes, that's, that's, yes, that's what he's yes. open
2: for. <laughs> you could say the whole premise of their lawsuit that we mined billions of dollars of Bitcoin in 2008, 2009, is bullshit and it never happened and his company was worthless and its intellectual property is garbage. Like, at least he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't owe that. Like, there's, you know... But he, he doesn't want that. He wants to keep the gravy train going. He wants his current cryptocurrency corporation to have value and to keep taking in, you know, money and, and scamming dumb shits <laughs> who don't know better.
1: The one thing that this case shows you, and if you're in law school, get your notebook out, is that if you ever, if you fucking ever block me on Twitter, it is over for you. It's <laughs> fucking destroyed. <laughs> It's
0: going to come back around.
1: That's right.
4: It's not come back the energy around. healing, nor the lines in your face, nor the clouds on the ceiling, nor the clouds in space. It's not the phone on the table, nor the bed in the earth, nor the bed in the stable, nor your state.